0: What's
1: going on, people? We are back at it again. It is me, Jarrell, and you know I got my road dog, my partner in crime, Rocky. What's going on, Rocky?
0: Great day in the neighborhood, man. Had a really busy day. Very productive, though. Had a lot of business meetings, very important things. Speaking of an important things and wonderful things in the industry uh, we have a wonderful guest with us the best part yes. about this guest is that she is well known in the industry um, she's from jenny abstracts to Pura vita to jones brew click spray uh, hopper reserve luna and ice fire let's not forget ice fire luna Stower. what's going on chica
2: hey what's up hi bud tenders so um, i'm so stoked to be here, man. Like it is just a blessing. You know, we've been talking about how we're kind of put on this planet to do this work in this way at this time. And it's really, everything's lining up in our favor and everything's working out best case scenario, really, even though it feels like doomsday, it's actually um, a, ge- a genesis uh, point for cannabis. I think that that's the most important thing for us to all remember. And that's what keeps me going. And I'm not like a business person by training, right? Like I'm a social justice activist. I'm a teacher. and so. For me, what keeps me really grounded to the work is like, people like you, you know, that wake up every morning and could choose to do a lot of more things that would be a lot less sketchy for their like loan eligibility and their, you know, conversations at Christmas and all these things. It's everyone thinks it's sexy and fun and everyone's making money and it's a, it's a real grind and it's a real kind of a, an emotional roller coaster and a mental feat. And then you're, everyone's in existential crisis all the time and trying to get through a million emails and try to act like the world's not on fire. You know, that mean that's like, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> you know? mm, you know?
0: <laughs> no, so,
2: Yeah, it's not, but, but it is because really that goes back to just like the mindset. And that's why we, that's why we bring cannabis into our lives. It doesn't matter if you want to call it recreational or me- medicinal, all those things that doesn't, all it is, is people are p- naturally pleasure seeking people, beasts. We want serotonin release we have an endocannabinoid system that needs it to avoid certain immunocompromised diseases like we need this plant to chill us out emotionally and spiritually it opens us up to making love it opens us up to music and food and um being in our bodies like it's it's a, such a gift and we need to remember that we're kind of commercializing something like it's a cpg you know consumer packaged good and it's really not it's a it's a magical mystical um, being that really has a lot of vibrational energy to it and goddess energy to it. And we need to like respect that and stop pimping it out, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's and it's happening. I think in the media now, it and it's a super influx. I don't know if you've noticed, but you notice like the media is changing quite a bit to get people more comfortable or more acclimated with the fact that big pharma will be a part of um, the industry and that um, the mainstream media will be a part of the industry. And I guess now we have delivery companies that are commercial that are now doing you know, cannabis. So they're getting us kind of acclimated to the fact that, hey, money is de- definitely gonna rule this kind of uh, cannabis industry a little bit. And I think that that's a little scary for me uh, to be very honest, because everybody worries about the culture and losing the culture. And like you had said prior to, we're losing people in the cannabis industry, like flies, like they're leaving and they're leaving when they leave, they leave the education, you know, losing Frenchie Canoli was like super devastating. And I know that um, it really hit home for you. Um, I know you guys had, you had a personal uh,
2: experience with Frenchie, is that right? Yeah, Frenchie and his wife, Kimberly and I are really very close friends. I'm so lucky that I got to have as, as many great memories and times with them and him as I have. I'm so blessed.
0: What do you think he thinks? What what was the were you guys having conversations about the changes in the industry and
2: how different things were? Yeah. I mean, he was a he was a Frenchman. He had a lot of opinions. He was a total radical and a total um, you know, counterculture scientist and and thought leader and he traveled the world and brought all the ancients knowledge around hashish making um, and brought it to the masses through you know really unique induction he did actually hookahs and like held this incredible space as this elder who had been around the world and wanted to teach us as the youth coming into the industry How important it is to work with the plant, how important it is to not take investment money from bad people, how important it is to have a really solid supply chain and terroir and how important, you know, specific um, climates and peoples and cultures and yeah, like methodologies, it, 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 it was a back to basics approach, which is what make, makes hash so special is it's a is it's an homage to the best parts of the plant. It's mm-hmm. an homage to all that we need in this world that plant has. She has more, and he would always talk about, you know, she has more cannabinoids than any other plant on the planet. She has more terpenes than any other plant on the planet. And terpenes are the most commonly found natural compound on earth. So she's the queen of all things. And we we say it intellectually. We understand it. We say the words, but in the day-to-day transactionalities and um, materialization, like material materialistic, you know, consumeristic perspective that we put on it. Um, and just this fight or flight response of trying to survive in this industry that's constantly trying to take us out in an, a very antagonistic environment. You know, we, that's really, it's a hard, he just kept us kind of centered in that message of, of why are you here? What's your why? Like, don't yeah. just be here to like turn and burn. There's so many other industries you can do that in. Don't do it here. Respect. Yeah. The point. Absolutely.
0: If there was one thing, like if you seen a change in the industry, what is the one thing you could change right now in the industry um, to maybe help people better understand what it is that we're dealing with? Because in all honesty, I just feel like uh, we're it's going to be a commercialized thing and we're going to make it like lollipops and canned pops, you know what I mean? And soda. And that's not what it is. We don't even teach bud tenders anymore about, um, the process and you know what people went through because it's not important for the sales aspect of it so do you think there's anything that you, if you could change one thing about this industry what would it be and why?
2: Well, three things came up for me as you're talking one about a uh, bud tenders learning their history. I want to, I want to talk t- at some point about the cannabis trail, which is a nonprofit that I sit uh, as an advisor for, which is an incredible bud tender education program. Also, I want to talk about the $6.7 billion that Pfizer just put into medical cannabis. Um, they're in the game and, um, um I mean, I, I mean, a a lot of it too is like, I want more people like Jarrell running shit. I think that this is like kind of a white man's game. And I, to be honest, like, I feel like that's, oh, and then the can commercial, that's what it was. I want to talk about the can commercial that just came out With Baron David. Yeah. yes. So, so, so there's really four. So the the first thing that came to mind instantly was I want more people like Jarrell running the show that look like Jarrell and that come from Jarrell's experience and that will listen to Jarrell and hear Jarrell's voice and understand what it means because this plant has been traditionally stewarded by indigenous folks and people of color and the way that it's been, um, commercialized and because you need capital and because you need, um, Things that usually generational wealth and, and ha- access to higher education and the good old boys club lend to has come into this industry And when it was traditionally all the people I used to work with used to look like you guys. Normal fucking folks, you know, and and that's how Cali is. Like Cali is, a, is mainly brown and black, so that's what. I, and I'm 100% Ashkenazi Jew, indigenous to to Ukraine. Like I, I I identify completely with folks of color and indigeneity, and I and it and it saddens me that that becomes um, an afterthought or a 10% goes to something. It needs to be decision makers and owners need to be reflective of the people that we're marketing to because we know that folks of color and indigenous folks. And women and all these marginalized groups are the ones buying the weed. We like to smoke weed for a lot of reasons. One, because we're usually like traumatized by society. And so there's an element of like, it helps calm us down because usually we, we have compounded trauma related to things at a higher rate than someone who has not as many intersecting things. Right. So if you're like, you know, hetero white male, upper middle class, you are automatically going to make other people that look like you more comfortable. You're going to become the sales representatives. You're going to become the um, the bankers and the in the lenders, and it, it it pushes people out. That like you said before, have it's a there's a brain drain. Um, folks have been cultivating these plants and the genetics of these plants and have their grandmamas recipes for how to make to- tinctures and 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 topicals. Like we're literally, it's the same way that in California we're ignoring the indigenous indigenous ways of burning um what control wildfire burns. And now we're seeing what happens when you ignore and put people in prison who are Native Americans who are trying to do something that they've been doing for millennia. And we we think we know this is the thing about the cannabis industry is this arrogance where it, you you it's it's okay to be ignorant and keep Curious and humble. It's not okay to be ignorant and arrogant and know it all and act like you got all the answers, right? Or bring in your experience from tobacco or alcohol and think that you can just copy and paste your sops in your team from one to the other it doesn't work like oh that God. right yes, like, yes. and the cultural piece of like with the can uh commercial which i was very excited to see i love K- kate hudson i'm obsessed with baron davis i'm a fucking warriors dubs fan till the day i die like bd like and i know he's a blunt smoker i know that because i'm i'm, I'm a homies with his homies and i i know a lot about a lot of uh bay area athletes and a lot of them puff. Heavy, Right. So I'm like stoked to see it. And they, they mix it with alcohol in the, in the, in the commercial, they mixed it as a mixer with alcohol. I'm not a very alcohol friendly person. I, I believe it's a major toxicity, but there is this mainstreaming element where I respect them for doing it. And I get it. But I feel like it cheapens and it lowers the vibration. They're two different medicines and everyone knows you don't mix them. They give you the spins and they're not good medicines together. They don't work well. You don't, it's just like beer and liquor makes the, you vomit quicker. Everyone knows there's certain things and orders and things that you don't do. And so, and and I love can. They're literally my favorite edible and I love the sound. There's nothing bad to say I about them. It. I'm obsessed with them. But I'm just, it's I it, it hurts me to see that like, yeah, maybe- These brands that I won't even mention, I don't even want to say their names, but these ones that use sexism and uh, objectification of women to sell their, it's like, I want everyone in this space in a way because I want them to reach and access as many people as possible. But I also just get really embarrassed and it hurts my feelings because I feel disrespected um, as 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 a healer. When we're talking about healers, not dealers, it's like you're acting like a dealer when you're supposed to be a healer, and it's the same thing. You're both the plug, right? You're both hooking someone up with something they need, but how you do it, yeah, and how you show yeah. up,
0: how are people show up? It's true, and and you know, it's becoming the turn and burn of retail, and it shouldn't be because you. It's people's medication. It's their medicine. It's not a game. It's not what we should not be playing, and. It, we, yes, the care was there and I'm, I'm super glad that there's recreation and stuff like that. But when we were medical, there was care, right? There was care in the industry and everybody had a mutual respect and desire to uplift and watch small business grow and all that great stuff. And I feel like that focus is a little bit like, it's getting degenerative a little bit, like you, you, you barely see it. Um, and when someone walks in and they're genu- genuinely coming in for their medication, and you're putting them in a line, and you're not having, you're not explaining to them new, there's always new brands, always new items. You're not explaining to them what they're taking. First time users could be the last time users. We just, I mean, in all honesty, it's just a little convoluted. You know what I mean? Um, Very well And
1: I feel like the, the, the relationship part is fading away because I feel like the butt tenders have to have a certain relationship with the plant in order to have a, like a real good relationship with their patients. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like the relationship, um, cause like when you mentioned like the churn and burn, like that takes that out of it. You know, if you you, you don't have a relationship we can just churn and burn it. So it's just like, um, you, you gotta find that balance.
0: Right, it's respect. It's It all goes back to respecting the whole plant as, as a whole. Respecting the people and the patients that actually put this process, you know, put, made this legal for states. Like that's, that's the whole thing is what was the struggle? We still have people in jail for the same shit. People are making millions and billions of dollars off of It's fucking nuts. Like it makes no sense to me that you're in a legal state, but you're still in jail for a fucking crime that people are making millions and billions of dollars off of.
1: Commit, the, you know, the, the, the people that are those, those same people that are making a millions a lot, or not going to say a lot, but some of them help put those people in jail. Like, and that's what, that's uh, what sickens me a lot. Like, it's just, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I had, was able to get Steve D'Angelo's attention for 10 minutes once, and it was phenomenal. But remember where this, remember how this plant became legal in states. Remember that people that, you know what I mean, made this plant what it is, right? And he's like, there's a big struggle against it. He's like, don't forget that there's a culture and we have to live up to that culture and that standard. As as a person that started off the industry, they demand it. And I don't see why they shouldn't because like, holy shit, man, this is people's like medication, you know? And now we know that big pharma is gonna be a big part of it because Pfizer's huge. You know well, what's your
2: th- thought, Luna? It's it's I I feel like Western medicine and, and the pharma the pharma techocracy that's taking over, uh that take over very quickly. It's only been out a year and a half and they already pretty much bought out the entire world, all the world governments. Um we watched it happen right in front of our faces. Um there's now medical passports and in Oakland, uh, last night at midnight, our city council just voted that you have to be uh show proof of vaccine to go pretty much literally anywhere, any concert, any museum, city hall itself, any restaurant, bar, and even public spaces like parks. Um if you're gonna I just, be came, going back to- from,
1: uh, I just came back from New York and that was, that was the case. You had to show proof of vaccination to get in it everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. Yeah.
2: Well, they use, some of them would still like allow for a test or something. And now it's like, so it's just hard because that, that ubiquitousness, right? Like in New York, it's the same thing. It's like, it's, it's becoming, you know, it's interesting. There's like much bigger shifts happening. Um, You might hear my dogs playing in the background. Um, There's much bigger shifts happening. Like they're saying that the age of Aquarius is here. The age of Pisces just ended. The age of Pisces represents, Um, the, you know, the, I believe is kind of the, the, the word of the Pisces of the fish, the, uh, and then we're in the age of Aquarius, which is, which is, I know. So we're moving from a consciousness time of finding, finding, finding meaning outside of ourselves and finding finding the answers in something else that we believe in such as these fundamentalisms or this mm-hmm. idea of like that we're a democracy when we you know Princeton said we, that we've been an oligarchy since like the late 80s or whatever like by definition like we have these ideas of someone's going to come save us right versus we're now in a time of I know it's a deep knowing where I have everything I need inside of myself I'm sovereign I'm autonomous and I am powerful and whole in and of myself and that's a very big power shift, right? From 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 everything that we're coming from, which is very much religion, um, top down. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, basically tyrannies of governments and 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 level different levels of, of, of uh, authoritarian control. So when you're looking at like, you know, Rocky, you're saying it kills me to see that they don't care about medicine. Like, if they cared about medicine, we would have free healthcare in this country. We've seen it in every other country work. Like. We, we, we have to move past the expectation that someone's going to save us. We yeah. need to go for our own medicine. We need to go on YouTube and watch Ed Rosenthal's How to Make Hash, like whatever. Like watch, watch, watch how, you know, you can become, you know, I've even been doing this in my own life, becoming more survivalist. Like I watch, if I'm going to watch a show, it's going to be alone, which is on the history channel, which shows you how to like make a gill net. Like, how are we going to survive? How do you have seeds? Are you collecting cannabis seeds with all the money we spend in the stores? How much money have you spent on, on, on heritage seeds that, you know, like you just, you guys just named all these strains in the last episode of what you were smoking on. Do you have the genetics for that? That's what Emerald cup was. There was three hour lines out the venue for seeds. And what does that show you is that people want to have control because once you find out what's good for your arthritis, your, your, the kid that's having a, um, a seizure for depression to put your ass out to, to make, to Ooh. turn you on to turn you off, there's hundreds of thousands of, 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 of strains that we've lost because they keep breeding it just for high THC. So if we continue letting the Monsantos and the Pfizer's and the Chinese government continue to buy patents and own these patents like Dow chemicals and Philip Morris, we need to stand up. You need to become uh, uh, politically active and involved in civics and find out who these people are, get involved in trade organizations, make sure that we have an eye on what's going on on the IP level of this, because really that I don't want people to have to line up in a store to buy their weed at the end of the day, you know. Sometimes bud tenders aren't even selling a product. They're just selling them there's other things in their lives they might need to do to help them sleep. Oh, I also use melatonin. and I try not checking my phone in bed while you're taking your CBN and your CBD to go to sleep. They're, they're consulting on a lifestyle change. Yeah. Cannabis is not a panacea. It will not solve all your problems for you. It's one of many tools in your tool belt that you need from a holistic perspective. You know, the vaccine's not going to save you. Vitamin D and deep breathing exercises, good night's sleep, and bone broth will. Like we're Ooh. not talking about how cannabis is one of many things that it embodies holistic care for ourselves. And that knowing that deep internal, knowing that I have an endocannabinoid system, my dogs and cats have an endocannabinoid system that we have been co-evolving with for millennia since the beginning of time to not have access to something that does a good job at, at, at saturating that is actually a public health issue. It's a human rights issue and it's a civil rights issue. We need to start talking about it as such and stop waiting for someone to save us up complaining about metric and the DCC and all these regulatory bodies. We need to be lobbying. We need to be doing this stuff and stop waiting. That's, that's the one more thing I'll say is I'm, I will say, and bud tenders can agree with me on this from anyone who was before 64 to after the entitlement of the patient of how much free stuff they get, the discounts, you know, in Harborside, speaking of Steve D'Angelo, he used to allow, if you would write a letter to a political prisoner or someone who was in jail for at the part of the drug war, um, if you wrote them a letter, you would get a free eighth for every letter you wrote. Like, like CBC used to give away free stuff to patients that qualified. Like I gave away hundreds of thousands of dollars with the free cannabis over a course of years to all the bud tenders. All, each of them got multiple edibles and vapes every time they saw me, you know, twice a month. Like, so we we spoiled them, but they never show up. They showed up at the polls because they thought they were voting for legalization. But that that bill was a lie. It was tax control and regulate. And it was poorly written. And no one educated anyone because cannabis doesn't have a, a PR firm or a you know PSA for itself. And, and now and they don't advocate. They don't come to city council meetings. They don't educate themselves on brands. They follow bad brands on Instagram and pump up bad actors because they're just custies and they remain ignorant. And it, honestly, it really annoys me. I really feel like we push so hard for this and the consumers don't do jack. Seriously, what consumer groups do you know of? We're all (laughs) in zero, zero. (laughs) (laughs) The organics industry wasn't pushed by organics uh, companies. It was pushed by hippies like me who didn't want to get cancer. We advocated for good food. We advocate for good water. Where are the consumers? Because they're all stone, just like working their jobs and bummed out and just want to like, capitalism keeps us in this place. We're just, we just want to zone out and and numb ourselves, you know? And so cannabis consumers are considered lazy. And sometimes it's like, I sometimes I have to agree with it. It's like, maybe you guys should use that energy and be creative and write a poem about it, write a letter about it, talk to your parents at Thanksgiving about it, like push this forward and stop waiting for us to do it for you, just because we have money to make in it. That's not really the point. It's like, you got to do your part too. Like if you want access to all this stuff, work for it. They're trying to pull it out of our lives. They're trying to criminalize it out of our lives. And they're just waiting for someone else to do it. And it's not going to work like that. We need the consumers to to really step up. Yep. And it's true because when you do go to, um, been to a few
0: city council meetings here, and you never see any, any actual smokers that are not in the cannabis industry. It's always the cannabis industry advocating, or it's the people who hate cannabis that don't want it in their neighborhoods at those meetings. It's never the people that actually smoke it or you know advocate for it, it's, it's true. People out there, especially if you're in Vegas and you're listening, because that's most of my listeners, but I always tell people in other states, find out where your organizations are, get together, banned because you are the people who, your voices are, when they're heard, that's what makes the laws. If you're the person that's like, hey, I don't work for a cannabis company, but I smoke like crazy. And you you, you wanna advocate for the laws that actually govern you, right? So not too long ago, if you were caught smoking in your car in Vegas, um, you know, if you, if you smoked four hours before you got in your car and they smelled it on your clothes because it'll stay on your clothes for four hours, they can easily say hey you know what you've been fucking legal- driving under the influence so we're going to hit you with all of this uh, extra additional stuff because the fees are much higher than if you're drinking le- you know uh, you know drinking in a car illegally so it's like to me you're advocating for yourself not just for the plant you have to do it for if you're a consumer do it for yourself show up to the meetings here in uh, in Nevada, we have the Chamber of Cannabis. We have Normal. We have um, CEC CICNB. Uh, marijuana. I'm sorry, Minorities for Marijuana for medical marijuana. There are so many things that you can join and be a part of to be active as a smoker and not as a person that's active just in the cannabis industry. percent. Luna, I love you so much. Thank you so much, and I mean that shit from the bottom of my heart because there's not no there's not a lot of rec- real writer dies out there in this world and you truly are uh you re- you truly embody what it means to be an advocate for this
2: uh, plant so we thank you from the bottom of our heart thank you from the bottom of my heart it's an honor to be with you guys
1: Lona you you we uh you killed it we appreciate you hopping on but before we let you go uh what you been smoking on lately
2: I'm telling you man um, heritage hash co is a northern california um Boutique hash um, manufacturer that was just at the Emerald Cup, and I was able to get this from the hash maker herself. Her name's Bell. She's Cherry Blossom Bell on Instagram, and like I said earlier, she studied under Frenchie Canoli. So this is literally like world class solventless hash, and it's actually the strain is called Whitethorn OG which is funny to me because Whitethorn is a tiny, tiny town up in Northern California, which is where I found my puppies. When we were driving down from the Lost Coast, when we were camping one time, we pulled over in this little town. There was a little A-frame saying 14 puppies free. And we grabbed a couple and it's just a tiny town of like maybe a few hundred people. And and when I saw the name, I was like, Whitethorn. So it was a very special kind of unique serendipity that this strain name is from this tiny mountain town that we found my puppies in. So... (laughs) special things in the cannabis industry. You can never explain why, you know, the spirit moves in the way it moves. And I'm so honored to be in this space with you guys doing this work with you. It really is God's work. We're really going to transform the minds and hearts of the masses during a time when we need solace, we need love, we need peace, and we need pleasure. We really do. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. That's why I'm going
0: to have you back on. Uh, Jarrell. what have you been smoking on?
1: Uh, the last thing I picked up was, uh, some first class funk from kind.
2: Hey, oh, some nice flower. Foul- yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, that yeah, was what what you, yes, you, you been smoking on Rocky?
0: Um, I've actually been smoking on nature's chemistry, um, Mac and cheese and a few other strains that they have that have been absolute smackers. Um, I'm a stank kind of girl. I like the smelly buds, you know, not the fruity, uh, things i know a lot of people look for perps and stuff but you know i'm old school you know i like it stanky uh yes and um definitely had some more of the glp rosin that uh because i mean last on the run we have to grab that while it's still in store yeah. yeah so um we don't have the we don't have the luxury that luna has because she just has man she just is able to get with everybody i looked at that rosin by the way and it looked Absolutely it's stunning. What are, their process of whipping that together is gorgeous, and that's solventless, folks. So if you're ever smoking some really good rosin or hash, you know yeah, it's probably going to be the best
2: thing for you. That's ice right. water, ice. Yes, it's beautiful. Look. No, it should no look crazy. very light in color. Like it's weird when it looks like because we're used to we're we're used to looking for kind of the. Actually, let me turn the light up on this. Shed a little light on the situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, that looks friggin amazing. So check them out, Heritage Hashco, and follow these incredible folks. What are your personal handles? I know we got a uh, so the-
0: I'm at Cannabis Rocky, and geral
2: is at uh, Superman's, Superman's father. father. What is it?
1: Superman's father.
2: Superman's father. Yes.
1: That's where I got my name from.
2: Superman calls you daddy. remember in the movie Jarrell
0: was the father of Superman
2: that's awesome
0: (laughs) I love that
2: I have an activist page on Instagram called healers dot not dot dealers healers not dealers with periods in between um and I'm just luna underscore stour but I would love to um we should do like a live or something on the healers, not dealers. Cause really I pulled a lot of followers when I was at Jetty. we worked on the shelter project, which gave away free cannabis to cancer patients. And so there's a lot of like activist brands and activist consumers. It's a really unique curation. It's only like 3000 followers, but it would be really cool to like, kind of sure. bringing, I, I want I feel like you guys are really warriors for the plant you're really speaking on her behalf and doing really good work and I just want to get you more into like the northern California activist community because you guys have such a unique perspective and I really like seeing um folks of color being uh, thought leaders and showing their brilliance in the space we need to really elevate that more and center um that more so I'm really would be stoked to to facilitate we're for it Awesome. Guys, we are always at High Bud Tenders on all
0: things social media. Please follow Luna. She is an amazing person. I'm going to have her on again because we have to talk about her journey. It's amazing. I'm going to tell you, I absolutely admire you. Thank you so much for what you do in this industry. I'm not kidding. With all of my heart, I did so much background work. I love you to death. Thank you. Keep doing the good work that you're doing, by the way. That does not go unnoticed with us. We this is just part are.
1: one we're definitely gonna have you back yeah we
0: have to have her back this is
1: just part one part so two coming have, up guys yeah <laughs>
0: stay tuned with us we love you guys stay high but tenders i make it i'm sorry i said i love my city but i don't think you hear me though
1: i said i love my city